Hey, welcome to this episode of the Hillside Church Podcast. We wanted to start recording more content and conversations as an effort to try to encourage and equip our church midweek. We hope to cover a variety of topics as well as hear from others in our church. Today, we want to continue our conversation on the book of Ecclesiastes. Well, we are back for our second episode of the Ecclesiastes mini-series. Not like the sermon series, but the supplementary series. Mm. So, understanding Ecclesiastes, we're back for part two, which is chapter two. Um, So, Robbie, what are your overall first thoughts on chapter two? I enjoyed studying chapter two. Um, My initial thoughts were you know again what's going to be different from chapter one and what makes it different from chapter three and i think probably the first 11 verses is where the real meat is in chapter two where solomon basically goes on a quest to find enjoyment or a satisfaction i should say in pleasure Um, he tries hedonism and I I just couldn't honestly. There's not a thing in this chapter that isn't relevant to us today. Yeah, you know, it's not like oh well, that was from a long, long time ago, and it's different today. Like all the things that he pursues for happiness are things that we do as well. Yeah, like if you if you look at Ecclesiastes as a very old, irrelevant book, well, chapter two changes that very quickly because mm-hmm. you read it and you're like, okay, he pursues. Pleasure. He pursues work and possessions, like his gardens and all his, like his home and stuff, uh, parks, all of that. And so, pleasure, possessions slash work, and then even wisdom, um, which he seems to say like has some value, but still, at the end of the day, in and of itself, isn't right. And then the last one, the emptiness of work itself. And then I think. So it's like he goes on this quest mm-hmm. uh, to try to find fulfillment, mm-hmm. which sounds probably like every person's biography in the history of mankind. Exactly. Well, and that's the other thing I think that just like stands out to me as we are really just getting rolling in this book. And I was talking with Carl Gutzman yesterday, shout out. Uh, but he just said, he actually said, you know, every other book of the Bible or letter, all the letters are written by Paul and all of that. They're written to churches and to believers. Mm-hmm. And Ecclesiastes happens to be a book that speaks really to the heart of an unbeliever because who who in their right mind can't identify with all of this? I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried all this. Yeah. And it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. I mean, was it fun? Sure. But right. at the end, I'm still empty. And so in some ways, this book is so evangelistic because it just it, everybody can identify with it, which is cool. We've been also kind of using this book called Living Life Backward by David Gibson. It's on just going through the book of Ecclesiastes. But he has this quote by Blaise Pascal, and it says, All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they use, they all tend to this end, the cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it. It is the same desire in both, to be happy. This is the motive of every action of every man, even of those who hang themselves. Hmm. 
it's so relevant because everybody's innate desire is like we want joy, satisfaction, a happy life, a meaningful life. Yeah. Christian or not. And so it shows how relevant it is today. But I wondered if we could touch on even just the two of us, this idea of glory or happiness or satisfaction and just maybe hit some of the other things that we like I wrote down, we're all glory junkies on mm-hmm. some level. And just some of the ways that maybe we look for fulfillment. Yeah. That can are good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just started thinking today, like it truly could be anything. Our lawns, you know, like how pretty they look, which mm-hmm. right now they're covered in snow. But yeah. Or how many times have you heard a guy tell a story about the deer he shot? Or hey. the, I'm sorry, or the fish he caught, which I've never caught a fish, but that sounds awesome. But or the shot that he made on the golf course, or I mean, we just are glory junkies. We love mm-hmm. we glory and glory. <clears throat> and um, I don't know, I was just curious, like are some of the things that maybe have come to mind for you through this that Solomon didn't touch on. Yeah, I think so. I feel like I fall for this all the time. Like, oh, once I get that. And for me, I think, and then this might be true for a lot of people today, is experiences. Mm. Like how much weight do we put on an experience? Like people now are so kind of nomad or, mm. you know, Instagram culture, people just travel a lot and like, and put their hope in that. And I think... I'm more of a, I don't care that much about stuff, but I care a whole lot about doing stuff. Mm. Like every time we plan a vacation or a trip or something, I end up putting so much weight on it Mm -hmm. because I just like put all my stock, like all my chips in on this thing. Like this is it. This is what I need. And they're great things. But when I put such high expectations on them, they end up not fulfilling in the way that I had mm-hmm. anticipated. And it's actually usually when I can keep my expectations at bay, I can actually receive it as a gift. Like yeah. Getting to go spend time with family or go to Montana or mm-hmm. Minnesota and do something fun, like which is so good. And I think God's all for that. Uh, but sometimes I, I will search for pleasure thinking like, oh, it's that next trip or I have like this weird fantasy of like I talk to you about this all the time but uh like cabins Mm -hmm. I just like love cabins and I want to have a cabin and just be able to like go there and get away from you Mm -hmm. I mean others yeah yeah not you the grind yeah yeah and it's like a cabin would be sweet and that'd be awesome for the family and a way to like engage with God but I find myself like my mind like we have these things that our mind just like entertains for me it's this mm-hmm. like cabin in the middle of nowhere that i can just go to and uh like that could be a sweet gift from god someday but it's also something that i it's just like it's my gardens or my like solomon had but those are for me a couple of things where i find myself just putting hope in like once i do this it's not so much once i even get this but once i can do this then i'll be satisfied Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting even to hear you say, you know, you go going through life and putting so much weight on those things, you you end up feeling empty. And sometimes it's like you don't even get to experience the thing at all because you're ex- expecting something 
that it just can't give to you. Yeah. Cause it's like no longer a gift. It's like something you, you have such high expectations on that you demand from it. Yeah. How do you, how do we shift from having high expectations for the new car or the ski trip or the vacation or the house mm-hmm. or the gardens? Like how do we shift from that to, I guess the question maybe is like, what are all these glories? Why are they all placed in our lives in the first place? How do we, how do we make a turn on how we do this kind of stuff or experience life? In my mind, what Solomon's trying to do is change our perspective on it. And cause I think the key of the whole chapter is, uh, is it verse 25? Mm-hmm. Like it, whole, it all hinges on this. So he goes and he searches like these four different categories right. for pleasure and meaning. And then he comes to this. He says, because, well, let me read verse 24. He says, there is nothing better for a person than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work. I have seen that even this is from God's hand. Because who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him? Mm-hmm. And so it's, change, it's changing your perspective of putting your hope in the thing to putting your hope and satisfaction in God and then actually be able to enjoy those things. He says, who, you know, apart from God, how can you enjoy these things? You can't because they're your everything. Yeah. Like that you idolize them so high. I think that's what he's getting at is this perspective shift of God has to be our ultimate satisfaction. And when he is, you can actually enjoy those things as gifts because your heart's not attached to them. Mm-hmm. When our hearts are attached to the thing, to the to the gift, we can't it, we can't enjoy it as a gift because we're treating it as a god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Yeah, I would say that you know those things exist to point us to the glory of God, to remind us of the glory of God. This uh, we're in our community group last night. We were talking about this and. The thing that came to mind for me was, and it's a terrible illustration, but I'm good at those bad ones. Let's hear it. Uh, like, what if you stopped at the first wall drug sign you saw, and mm-hmm. as if you were at wall drug? It to it's me, like, where's that ten cent coffee? Or right, that free water or whatever they promise. Yeah. But wall drug's a bad illustration. But the point, uh, you know, that I was trying to make is the gifts or the glories that God has placed in our lives, they're the road signs to the destination. That if you just stopped at the first sign of God and the glory mm-hmm. or the gift, you would completely miss where it's coming from or what you're heading towards. And I think we do that a lot where, and it'd be absurd if I was like, oh, I'm going to drive to Montana. And the first sign I saw that said Montana, 300 miles, if I stopped there, like, oh, I'm here. This is it. This is yeah. amazing. It's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But the gift, the purpose of good gifts, which God is good and he gives, mm-hmm. is to point us to his glory. Mm-hmm. Not, they're not, they don't exist to be fulfilling in and of yeah, themselves. Yeah, like they shouldn't terminate you know? on themselves. Right. And the point of a road sign is to point you in the direction of the destination and mm-hmm. the, where you're trying to get to. And so the sign is not the thing. The sign points you to the thing. And the same is true of... The gift is not the thing it points you to, the giver. Mm-hmm. But So how can we cultivate that in our lives? How can we, you know, not live for the thing, the gift, but actually live this out, you know, seeing, finding our satisfaction, meaning 
fulfillment in the giver rather than the gift. Yeah. What does that, what does that look like? Yeah, I'm going to maybe answer your question, maybe not. And so then you can clean up. I want to throw this out there, and I think it's 100% true, but there is never a day when you are not greeted by the glorious things that point you to God. There's not a day in your life where you don't experience the good gifts of God. Mm -hmm. And I think some people would say, that's not true. I don't see God. But for me, part of changing our perspective and seeing the glory of God is recognizing that every good thing that we have, whether it needs to be redeemed or whether it's perfect already, which it isn't because of sin, but comes from God. And so just being aware enough to say, like taking those moments, it's, I'm going to butcher this, but a while ago we were studying a book and he talked about daily office Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of every single day taking time to say, Lord, thank you for my healthy children. God, thank you for the hardships I'm going through because I know that I'll get or that you're doing everything together for my good. Yeah. God, thank you for this car that started this morning. Like just being thankful and seeing that there is not a day and probably not even a moment in your life where the good gifts of God aren't present. So just being, for me, like step one is just being aware that, yeah, wow, there is a good giver and look at this life I have. And yet there may be rough things in your life, but I sometimes I feel like we can even have a complete and total shift in our hearts when we see, gosh, it's just not as terrible as we think it is. We might be going through rough seasons, but the good giver is continuing to carry us forward. And mm-hmm. he's continuing to just show so much grace, even in just letting us breathe. You know, there's just, just being highly aware that there's not a moment where God's glory is not there and relevant. Yeah. So saying, so even just looking at the things God has given you. Yeah. It, Cause it's so easy to just take them for granted. Like, oh, I have this. And even, you know, like you get a new thing and you're so stoked and then a little bit passes and now you take it for granted. You know, you do it with stuff, you do it with your family, you do it with all sorts of things. Well, it's just like even how many days in the last month when it's freezing cold outside, have you walked into your house and said, oh, praise the Lord for a warm home? 30. You know, 30 days yeah. in the last month? I always do that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What if it was a 31-day month? I missed one (laughs) leap year or something. (laughs) Yeah. But that's good. I think seeing when we can see those things as gifts and thank God for them, then that helps to shift our perspective from being spoiled, entitled little brats, you know, that Mm -hmm. are, we we think these things are ours, Mm -hmm. like we've earned them and no, everything is a gift from him. Mm -hmm. And so that, I feel like that, yeah, that, perspective change helps to shift our minds into seeing like it's really being grateful for all that God has done for us and given to us, you know, life, breath, meaning, all of it. And it's not just physical, you know, like mental capacity, you know, ability to work, all of these things that maybe aren't as tangible, like a new car or an old Mm -hmm. car, but just like like a 2003 Toyota Tundra. 
that's that's a really nice car though yeah truck truck i'm sorry that's a really nice truck here's another one that comes to mind when we think about like how do we find ourselves or refocus ourselves on the giver over the gifts it's the reality of corporate worship that it exists to point us to truth being yeah. with other believers yeah helps reorient our hearts to find peace and satisfaction and joy and security it points to okay this is what we all worship it's jesus mm-hmm. and sometimes i think and it, it's not just covid but in our culture and because of the last you know 3 years that we've lived in there are a lot of people that have pushed themselves away from biblical community and it's really hard mm-hmm. to focus on Jesus by yourself. Yeah. Because we need people that are pointing us to, like even just coming to a Sunday gathering mm-hmm. and just being, okay, here we go. I can do I can do another week. Like these mm-hmm. people are helping me recalibrate my life towards Christ. Like even no matter how hard your week is and then doing and still having that personal interaction with the Lord, those disciplines, that time in the word or time in prayer, time in solitude, Mm -hmm. like re it's so, we live in such a fast paced world where it is so easy for people to go through a whole week and not even give a thought to God. Yeah. Emails, work, phone, notifications, kids screaming, dirty diapers, school, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it is, we're in such a fast paced world where it's, I get why people don't ever have time to focus on God because our lives are so busy and so fast paced. Mm-hmm. And one thing, uh, this book that we're reading, he, uh, David Gibson, he, uh, summarized the whole book of Ecclesiastes saying life in God's world is gift, not gain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a profound way to say it. And that's like, if, if we are looking at these things and looking at this world for gain only, like we're going to, uh, accumulate, 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 whether it's experiences, stuff, gardens, you know, whatever, 700 wives. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just was using it as an example. Bad idea. Bad idea. But when we look at it, when we're just looking for gain, we miss the gift. And, and well, like what we're, the point I think we're trying to make is seeing all of life as a gift, seeing even the good and the bad as a gift, seeing the simple things we take for granted as a gift. We are getting to sit here, drink tea, do this <laughs> podcast. Like we don't deserve this. We no. don't deserve to be warm. We don't deserve to be fed and seeing all of life as a gift that points back to God as the giver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only God's glory can rescue us from earthbound glory. Like we're we're never gonna find ourselves escaping our desire for life under the sun until God is more glorious than the other things. Yeah, and yeah. So it, mm. it's key, key for us in corporate worship, in our private time, to try and reorient our hearts, to continue to renew our minds with the reality of God being more glorious than anything else yeah and and everything else points to his glory yeah so another thing i think that we you know it's if you grew up in church you probably heard a song about read your bible pray every day and you'll grow 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 and 
it's feels works-based, but it's not. It's read your Bible, pray every day, and you will see that God is so much more glorious than all the other stuff in the world. I'm reminded this week of the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Are you singing it this time? Because last time I sang that A.B. Simpson. Yeah, my mom would love it if I sang it. (laughs) That's all I know. Yeah. But it it says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I think for me, my prayer after reading through and preaching chapter two is just that as I see Christ more, the things of this world grow strangely dim. Yeah. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't have the things of this world. It doesn't mean that we don't enjoy the life that God has given us, but they just are very dim compared to the the giver. Yeah, that's good because it's not just suppressing these things as negative, like these all these things Solomon pursued. It's elevating our view of God yeah. as higher. And it's really seeing through scripture, through theology, through prayer, who he is and how good he really is. So that at the end of the day, we see him, we treasure him as so much more valuable than any of the gifts that he gives us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, Pastor Dan. Thanks, made it up myself. Does that wrap up this session? That wraps it up. You want to tell them about your new book? Yeah, I've got a new book coming out called uh, Time to Plant and a Time to Uproot. It's a gardening book because I've been getting really (laughs) into gardening. Um, But it's based off of Ecclesiastes 3? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hillside Church Podcast. We will be back next Wednesday for our next episode, which will be focusing on Ecclesiastes 3. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven.